Miracy. So I was spending a lot of energy feeling guilty that I wasn't getting stuff done while I was being reactive. Or while I was being proactive, I was feeling guilty that people were waiting on me. And when I just separated those two, my energy shot up through the roof. Hello, I'm Melinda Cohen, and you're listening to Just Between Coaches. I run a business called The Coaches Console, and we're proud to have helped over 50,000 entrepreneurs in creating profitable coaching businesses. In this podcast, I invite coaches to explore difficult coaching conversations and situations, but also to look deeper into ourselves as professionals and the business challenges we may face from time to time. Time is an invaluable commodity, and the hard truth is that time waits for no one. We never get time back, so we need to use it well. And many coaches experience challenges finding the right time management strategy for their business. And thankfully, there are strategies to overcome them. Now, my guest today has been serving the coaching community since 2007, first working behind the scenes on Christian Michelson's team and then launching his own business in 2014. And he's an amazing time manager. I'm going to have a conversation on this topic today with Rob Goyette. Rob is a marketing and technology expert who supports coaches and small business owners, and he has a deep knowledge of how to manage his time. Rob's business does six to seven figures a year, and he somehow manages to take a two-hour nap almost every day. Rob, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks so much for having me, Melinda. I am so excited to have you here, especially to talk about this topic. This one is an interesting one. But before we get into this topic, would you mind sharing a little bit of your business background with us? Sure. So you mentioned that I was on Christian Michelson's team. Yeah, I was on Christian's team for about seven years. And in 2014, decided to see if I could build my own list and nurture that list, build trust and make irresistible offers. It took off very quickly and was very successful. So that's the quick background. I love it. And you've been bringing a lot of value to coaches over these years. So I'm really excited for you to share your brilliance and wisdom and insight with us. So let's start exploring time management. Rob, why is it important to be intentional with how you manage your time as a business owner? Well, I guess if we look at it the extreme opposite, if you mismanage your time as a business owner, you're not going to make any money. You're not going to have any time to enjoy this coaching lifestyle that's possible. So let's kind of dive into this. So let's look at some of the time management mistakes. Like what are those things that we do while we're building our business? What are some of the typical ones? Sure. If I say the phrase shiny object syndrome, I bet that resonates with a lot of your <laughs> listeners. Yeah. So I actually break my day into two parts and I found this to be really helpful to avoid some of these mistakes. In the morning, I do the reactive tasks. These are the things that need to be done or someone's going to yell at me. Someone's going to be upset. And then there's the proactive time to actually build our businesses. And so I normally spend the morning doing the reactive stuff, take my nap, and then in the evening, I'll spend an hour or more doing proactive things. And Melinda, I have found that separating those two things out really gives me clear energy to do my best in both areas. And so I think a mistake that a lot of coaches make is they're being reactive while trying to be proactive at the same time. 
and maybe separating those two out into different times of day could be really helpful. Oh, I love that distinction. What's an example of a reactive kind of task that you would do in the morning? Sure. So reactive could be responding to emails, but it could also be calls with clients or other people who are expecting to talk with us. So earlier this morning, I had a call with a JV partner, a joint venture partner. And if I didn't show up for that call, that JV partner would be uh, maybe a little upset or at least concerned. So the reactive stuff to me is where other people are counting on us. The proactive is where we need to actually step up, be our own boss and do things without having to be told to do them. Are those more of like the creative type of things or marketing type of things? All of the above, creating programs, trying new marketing ideas, reaching out to potential joint venture partners would be another example. I mean, we are our own boss and nobody's looking over our our shoulder telling us, hey, you need to do this. That's the proactive stuff I'm talking about. What other kind of problems, like time management problems, are worth mentioning to have people be aware of? Like you talked about the shiny object syndrome, which, yes, I'm sure all of our listeners have a little chuckle about that one because I hear it all of the time. Actually, what do you think is really going on behind this shiny object syndrome? What's that all about? Well, I do think part of it comes back to not separating the reactive from the proactive. When you're intentional about that, you can sort of use some of that reactive time to consider some of these shiny object offers that come in. And, you know, oftentimes the offers that are presented to us as coaches, they look really attractive. And a lot of these programs that are out there really work well. But where I see coaches struggle and sometimes fail is that they do not set aside the time to proactively go through these programs that they've purchased and actually implement them. And so they're caught between, should I have client calls or should I answer these emails or should I work on building my business? I really think there's a lot of gold in separating the reactive from the proactive. Yeah, I love that. And one of the things that I adopted years ago, I don't know where I learned it from. I'm sure I learned it from somewhere, but I call it the parking lot. And when these ideas come in so that I don't fall victim to the shiny object syndrome, I run through, it's like, okay, well, how will this help me? reach my current goals that I'm working on? What's the least that I can do for the greatest impact? And then if I'm not sure how to answer that, I put that idea in a parking lot, which is a Word document or actually a Google document. And it's just there so that I'm like, you know, I thought I had this idea a few months ago and I can go back to the parking lot, but then I don't have this fear of, oh my gosh, I'm going to lose that idea or I'm going to miss out on that opportunity. So now I'm not scrambling with my time trying to force it all in. So that parking lot helped me to calm myself down so that I knew where to focus. Yeah, yeah. And I tell you, when you get your reactive stuff done, if you schedule your day similar to me, then I've got lots of free time until uh, until 5 p.m. or so where it's time to do some proactive stuff. And, you know, I used to try to do both at the same time. And at the end of each day, I would feel like, oh. I didn't get this done, or I didn't get that done, or I really should be working on this or that, especially like during the reactive stuff, I'd almost come to resent some of that reactive stuff. Like, oh, why do I have to have a call with a client right now? I'm trying to build my business and create a course or something like that. But by separating the two, I know that, okay, after I'm done with my reactive stuff for the day, and after I've made peace with the fact that I might not get all of my reactive stuff done today, I might have to push some of it off till tomorrow but I know that there's still going to be time in the day for the proactive stuff so that I can know that I'm growing my business every day. 
Now, with newer coaches, when we talk about time, you know, in our coaches console software, we've got the online calendar. And so one of the things that we're teaching coaches is, you know, how to set up those blocks of available time so your prospects can book those sample sessions or consultations or discovery calls, right? And newer coaches, when it comes to setting up those blocks of available time, they get really nervous and they're like, I just want all of my time to be available so anybody can book at any time because I don't want to be the reason why nobody can book a session with me. How would you speak to that situation? Well, I've set my coaching hours and my coaching hours are from nine to one in my time here in Puerto Rico on Tuesday through Thursday. So uh, I take Mondays off. The, the idea there is that maybe I can have a proactive day, although oftentimes there's reactive stuff. But I'm available to clients Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday from 9 to 1, and they use the scheduler. Um, if I can add a little bit of value to that, though, I, uh, I have an assistant now. If I didn't have an assistant, I would do this myself. But if someone books a call at 9 a.m. on a Tuesday and someone else books a call, let's say, at 11 a.m. on a Tuesday, and I don't have anything in between those two calls, I've asked my assistant to actually try to move them together. I actually work better earlier in the day. So he would reach out to the person that had the later call with me, I think I said 11, and try to move that to 15 minutes after that first call so that I could have all my calls blocked together and then free up the rest of that time either before the block of calls or after the block of calls. Oh, that's interesting. So even though somebody's already booked it, you may say, hey, would you be willing, are you able to go at 10 o'clock instead of 11 o'clock? And if they can, great. And if not, you still honor it and you keep the appointment. Yeah. Yeah, that's so smart. I love it. It also reminds me of something that I was hoping to share on this call, and that is to help clients respect our time. Like I'm sure if most of the coaches listening to this have had any sort of phone appointments at all, there have been no shows or people who are late. And Melinda, I have this email that I'm kind of proud of that I send out to a client when they're one minute late to a call. And after that, they're never late again. And it's a nice email. It doesn't upset them or me. But may I share the wording of this email? Absolutely. Please do. Okay. So Melinda, let's say we were set to talk at 930 today and it's 931. Well, what I would do is I would find the original email that has the confirmation for our call at 930. And what I'll do is I will make sure that that's included to the client, either by replying or forwarding it. And I'd say something like, hi, Melinda, I'm on the line for our Zoom call. Here's the link again, if helpful, because sometimes clients can't find the link. Then I go on to say, I'll hang out for a few more minutes. If you need to reschedule, it's no problem. And I provide a link to reschedule. And then I wrap it up and say, hope to talk with you now or soon. And then I sign off. But by doing that, Sometimes it really is the case where clients can't find the link and they're grateful to get that email one minute after we meet instead of five minutes after we meet. Other times they've totally forgotten, but they can see how I'm really being very, uh, very generous or um, uh, giving by saying, hey, if you need to reschedule, it's no problem. But it only takes sending that email out to a client one time. Every time after that, the client is on time or letting me know way ahead of time if they can't make the call. I love that email. You know, I'm going to add this. I'm going to go to our coaches consult team because we have reminders. Like you can do a 24-hour reminder. You can do a one-hour reminder. But I've never set up a one-minute late email. That is so cool. 
Yeah. So I'm known in the coaching space for this 15 minute laser coaching model. So in order to have coaching calls that are 15 minutes, they need to end on time. But I use this for calls, whether they're 15 minutes or 30 or an hour. I try to look for when there is exactly six minutes or exactly four minutes left, not five minutes because five sounds approximate. But let's say you and I were speaking and I noticed that we had six minutes left on our call. I'd say, hey, Melinda, it looks like we have about six minutes left on our call. Uh, Let's make sure that we discuss your homework or what you're going to do before we talk again. By saying that, it tells you that I'm respecting our time down to the minute and I want to make sure that we cover what's most critical before we hang up. When I'm ready to have a call totally end, I offer to send clients the recording of the call. So I'll say, okay, Melinda, so what I'll do is I'll send you a recording of our call today, confirmation of your homework, and then a link to schedule your next call with me. And when I say that, there's really nothing else that's left to be said. I've been able to end hundreds of calls after exactly 15 minutes. They get better engagement and results because of that preparation before. And then the wrap up, like you said, afterwards, sending them the recording and the summary of the recap of their homework and commitments. And now our time management is even going beyond just time management. It's helping us even be better coaches. Now, you talked about taking a two-hour nap. Like, how do you actually do that? Because when I think about that reactive time frame in the morning, in the early parts of your day, like you said, how do you turn that off so that when you're looking at your inbox, it's like, well, let me answer that one more email or let me do this one more thing and then I'll be like, how do you stop the if-then or when-then kind of energy? So you're like, nope, I'm done. Let me go take a nap. And then I will, like, how do you do that? So first of all, I looked at my inbox right before this call and I had zero emails in there, read, unread, no emails. And that's something I'm really happy about. So when I wake up in the morning and let's say I have 18 emails in there, most of that stuff is reactive. People have reached out to me for a reason and I need to deal with that. So what I'll do is I will actually go through the emails and decide, am I going to react to this today or am I going to react to it maybe later this afternoon if it's something proactive, or will I react to it tomorrow or a week from now? And I use Gmail for my email, which has a nice snooze feature. So I will go through, and the first thing I do when I look at my emails is I will snooze everything that I'm not going to work on today. And let's say that out of those 18 emails, I have 10 of them that I'm going to work on in the morning, maybe with calls sprinkled in there, or maybe there are no calls that day. But what I'll do is if I have 10 emails waiting for me, I will actually try to get rid of as many as I can. In other words, let's say that six of those emails are things that can be done in a minute or less. I'll knock my email list down from 10 to four in just a matter of six minutes, which feels great. I feel like, wow, I got 60% of my tasks done. Now the other four tasks are going to take longer than that. But I'll go through and let's say that I only get nine of them done and there's one that I didn't get to. I can decide, okay, am I going to push my nap off for a little bit, which I normally don't do because I really like taking that nap. So what I would do is I would make peace with not getting that task or email dealt with today, and I would snooze it for tomorrow. Now, I obviously wouldn't do that with something that was critical, and I might even attack that before I attack the easy emails if there was something critical. But if I can snooze it till tomorrow, then I've made peace with it, and my inbox is empty, so that energy of things hanging over my head, it's not in front of me when I turn on my computer or switch over to the inbox. Okay, that's cool. 
I'm just thinking I use Gmail. I need to really look at that snooze feature because it's not something that I make use of. It just, yeah. So I'm going to be checking that out. Thank you for that tip. What's been the hardest part for you in your business to get your time management in order? Well, I mean, one of the biggest revelations was that reactive versus proactive stuff we talked about because it was only about a year ago that it really occurred to me. So I was spending a lot of energy feeling guilty that I wasn't getting stuff done uh, while I was being reactive or while I was being proactive, I was feeling guilty that people were waiting on me. And when I just separated those two, my energy shot up through the roof because I knew that I was doing what I was supposed to be doing during that reactive time. And I felt good because I was working on my business every day during that proactive time. Yeah, that is a pretty big revelation. I really love that distinction. Now, one of the things that we talk about being a technology company, automation can help with that time management. And so that's something that I will have our audience do or our clients do is to, you know, what are all the tasks that you're currently doing? And then what are the things that are repetitive day after day? You're doing the same tasks with the same clients over and over. And those repetitive tasks, can you automate them so that you can free up your time to work on different things or in different ways or just take the day off like you do? What would your input be on automation as relationship to time management? I think using technology, like noticing what we're doing that is repetitive or maybe even mundane, and then figuring out, is there a piece of technology that can do this for me or is there a person who can do this for me? anyone who's trustworthy and trainable, then I can use my proactive time especially, but both proactive and reactive time in a much more valuable way. So noticing, especially when we notice ourselves doing the same thing over and over again, there's probably a technology solution out there that exists because other people have had that problem, or maybe it's something that does need that human element. So a person or technology just being intentional about those repetitive things that you're doing to streamline the process, or even just to ask, even if you don't automate it or don't have another person, are there other ways I could do this that would be easier, that would be simpler? And I find just in asking that, it's like, oh, well, if I just do this or that, you can tweak the process and free up your time. And sometimes it's not even freeing up your time, it's freeing up your energy. And I can already see how that revelation of the you know, doing the reactive stuff in the morning and the proactive stuff in the after separating that out is going to free it's well, it's not going to free up your energy, it's going to focus your energy. What else would you say about that? So I would say notice what causes us to feel like our energy is getting drained and then ask ourselves, is there a way that I could not feel that way? Is there something I could do that wouldn't zap my energy like that? Yeah. And just asking the question. You may not know the answer immediately, but just in asking the question, is there something I can do? It gets your creativity going. And it's like, oh, well, I could do this. Or then you start hearing other ideas from other people. And it's like, oh yeah, that might be helpful. Because sometimes it's just freeing up your energy and then the time feels better or feels more efficient or is more efficient. Now, another interesting thing, um, because I notice that myself, my personality, I guess you would call it, I am at my best in the early part of the day. And so in the later part of the day, there's certain tasks that I want to do or not do to just kind of match my natural way I show up in the day. How much does that play a part in 
in time management or like with your reactive versus proactive? Does your personality matter or should everybody just do reactive time in the morning, proactive time in the afternoon? Definitely not. Uh, Yeah, I'm at my best in the morning. And I guess maybe I'm more afraid of being yelled at than I am of being successful. I would much rather know that I'm keeping my commitments. So I'm going to use my very best energy in the morning to do that reactive stuff. Now, if it's Monday and I don't have any calls and I only have a couple of emails, I might use that morning to get some proactive stuff done too. But I'm definitely a morning person. And I'll tell you, Melinda, that two-hour nap totally recharges me. It's almost like having two mini days inside of each one day. And so when I wake up from that two-hour nap, it's kind of like I'm becoming a morning person in the afternoon. But for other people, it could be even listening to music or dancing or playing a game on their computer or doing even like cleaning the house. Maybe it's even something productive that energizes you. I don't know. For me, it's a nap. Well, we have covered so much. I feel like this is a topic you and I could talk about and geek out on for hours and hours, and we do need to respect everybody's time. So I just want to summarize some of the amazing things that we've covered. We talked about some of the mistakes and your huge revolution, revolution, revelation, probably a revolution, with the two parts to your day, dividing it between the reactive time those things where you're interacting with people and the proactive where you're building your business, you're working on your business and having that thing in between to recharge you. For Rob, it's a nap. It might be something for somebody else. And I loved all the different tips from setting your own coaching hours to the one minute late email, that template so that when people show up, I love that. It's one of my favorite things. Or We talked about having the 15-minute cushion in between or how to end calls on time. And you gave us those cues at the six-minute and four-minute mark and that adding in the session prep form. And even if you have a job and a family or a family and you're trying to build your business, like there are still ways that you can be intentional about your time and leverage automation and your personality to really work for you on your behalf. So Rob, are there any other parting words or any other advice that you would like to share on this topic? I think so. We get way more done when we focus on one project at a time instead of trying to multitask and work on three big projects or go through three online courses or try to build three websites or get into three different niches. By focusing on one at a time, we can get it done, do it right. We clear that energy and move on to the next. Thank you so much for being here and for sharing all the amazing tips that you did. And I just want to say thank you for listening to this episode of Just Between Coaches. And Rob, it's an amazing conversation on this topic and for sharing your, I'm going to call it a revelation and a revolution, the proactive and reactive tasks. I just, I love that so much. Now, for those listening in, you can find out more about Rob at fastrevenuecoaching.com. That's fast revenue coaching.com. Rob, thank you so much for coming to the show. Thank you, Melinda. Thanks, everybody. Bye for now. I'm Melinda Cohen, and you've been listening to Just Between Coaches. Just Between Coaches is part of the Mirror CFM podcast network, which also includes such shows as Course Lab and Making It. This episode was produced by Cynthia Lamb. I wrote this episode with Mishi Lance. She assembled the episode. Danny Innie is our executive producer, and post-production was by Post Office Sound. To catch future great episodes that are coming up on Just Between Coaches, please follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening right now. And if you liked the show, please leave us a starred review. It's a great way to help us get connected to more listeners.